What is your purpose in life? I don't think I have one. What is your purpose in life? Uh, I haven't figured that out yet. Have you ever thought about it before? Nope. You've never thought about it? Nope. Not at all. <laughs> uh, I haven't spent any time on it. You haven't spent any time thinking about what your purpose is in life? Not recently. Should I be? Will you tell me? It's your life. No, I haven't spent any time on that. I just go day to day. That's just it. What is your purpose in life? I really haven't put that much thought into it. Why not? Uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to have a good time. What is my purpose in life? you got to give me time to think about that think one. About get through it. Don't kill anybody. Just keep doing, doing until I get it over with. Just be happy. It's just to be happy. I think that I should have fun and uh, be happy. To um, to be happy and make my family happy and my boyfriend happy and just be happy. I don't really feel that I'm here to do anything in particular. I mean, it's not like I think that I'm destined to do something or be someone or something like that. I'm just kind of going through the routines, you know, as society's laid it all out for us. I feel like I have a purpose to help preserve and conserve uh, the beauty of nature. Hopefully leave some sort of legacy. To contribute to the betterment of mankind. Tell me what your purpose in life is. Mm, go to work, go home, live. You gotta, I don't I got a purpose. Everybody got a purpose on earth, but I ain't found my purpose out yet. To live a long life and to be prosperous. What's my purpose in life? My purpose in life is uh, to be successful. To be successful and to lead a happy, fulfilling life. To provide well for my family. I want to be a really powerful uh, woman, build my career built in financial area. Do you think that you have a purpose? Uh, not necessarily. I think purpose is just to do what you want to do. Go out and live life and have fun. Yeah, I think everybody has a purpose in life. And what would that purpose be for you? Uh, I'm not sure yet. What is your purpose in life? My purpose in life is basically to live the best life I can and to help others and be there for my friends and my family. How do you know that that's your purpose? Where does that come from? It comes from within my heart, in my head. How do you know having fun is your purpose? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's just personal philosophy. Get it from what I think. That's it. How do I know this is my purpose? What kind of question is that? Boy, I think you got to start drinking before you talk about that, really. What is your purpose in life? Um, my purpose in life? Um, I, I'm uh, deeply rooted in uh, Christian faith, and uh, uh, my purpose would be to uh, glorify God and all that I do. Do you have a purpose in life? I uh, know. Have you ever thought about it before? I guess I've thought about it a little, but it scares me, so I don't. What do you mean it scares you? Um, I don't know. I just like to more concern myself with living day to day, having fun. And that's it? That's pretty much it. Uh, and yeah, more or less, we're just going through the motions here, and, you know, you do what you, you feel like doing. I don't think there's anything really pushing or pulling us in any direction. And, uh, you know, it ends whenever your life ends. I have to think about that. A lot of times when people ask us, that reaction is true. Um, I've thought about that question. I've said some of those answers myself. Uh, most of the time you had a look of just bewilderment like, aren't you just supposed to say, hey, how are you? You know, in America, hey, how are you? And you don't listen. You know, Good. It's great to hear. Uh, what you find is, although most people in that video were surprised, this really is the issue that we ask ourselves 
really in the deepest part of our, our hearts. Uh, it's those times when you're kind of by yourself, you're living your life, and you're really trying to figure out, is this really what it's all about? We all were made to ask that question. We want to know what our legacy is going to be. At the end of our life, how do we know if we've really lived with purpose? And we're all asking that. If you look at the front of your program, um, we're starting a new message series uh, over the next five weeks, and it's called What I Live For. And it's really going to look at uh, some people, and specifically some men in, in Church in the Valley that have found the answer to that question. <clears throat> They've discovered the purpose for their life. Uh, you're going to hear their stories. Uh, you're going to hear the direction of their life and how that's made a difference. Uh, before we get to hearing them in the next few weeks, we really need to ask that question ourselves. What is it that I am here for? Why am I on this earth? And what is the role that I play? Um, I'm going to share a little bit from my own life how I began to ask those questions. In the first service, I started sharing. I was like, man, it sounded depressing. It was kind of like those big times in your life, you know, where the bottom falls out. And then you decide, am I doing what I'm supposed to do? So I'm going to preface it with, don't feel sorry for me. There's some tears that were involved along the way. But really, when I answer the question, what I live for and what is my purpose, I find that God has had his hand in all the things in my life, whether good or bad. So I'm going to share that with you. And really, some key uh, scriptures from the Bible that God has given me really to hang my purpose on. Those are the stakes that I've driven in the ground that I can look and say, this is what guides my life. So you're going to kind of get to know me this morning. Um, you can snicker at my darkest times if you'd like. I won't be offended. But don't, ah, uh, don't feel sorry for me. Um, no, it really is something that if, you know, we all have a story. And that story has brought us to where we are in life. But, you know, there's a lot of times when we don't think about that. Like that video, we just live day to day. We want to survive. And if we can survive and be happy, then that's great. But what you find is there's so much more than just surviving and maybe being happy. And so we're going to look at that. Um, if you've got your, your program, there's a, a sheet in there that you can follow along the message. There's pens in front of you. Feel free to do that. If you just like to listen, you can do that as well. Uh, do what makes sense to you. Um, if you are following along, I'm going to go over three things that really all of us in the depths of our lives and from our souls, we don't use that word much, our soul, but really the deepest part of our life, we, we're looking for three things that guide us, that give us meaning, and we're going to look at that this morning. First thing is everyone on the face of the earth, no matter what culture, no matter where you live, no matter how old you are, first thing is everyone is looking for perspective to live from. A perspective is really the lens that you look through life. Okay? You live this life and you see it a certain way. That's your perspective. Uh, for some, uh, our perspective is shaped by what was passed down to us from where we live or from our family. It's really what is important to you. And from what's important, that shapes some other things that we're going to talk about. So we all need a perspective uh, to live from. 
I'm going to tell you a little bit. My perspective when I was young is I grew up in the church and I had Christian parents and that really shaped uh, my life. Um, I found out at an early age that God had a plan for my life. And not only did he have a plan for me here and now, but if you connect with him in a relationship and you make him the boss of your life, he also takes care of eternity. You can spend it with him. And so as a kid, I thought, well, that's, that's a great deal. Life's better and eternity's with him. And I kind of thought that, that I just made the decision and I just let life take me. Well, I was getting in high school. I thought, you know, I really need some goals. I need a vision for my life, something that I can give myself to. So like any 16-year-old, I thought, I am going to be a rock and roll musician. You know, I was so close. I was. When I was 16, um, there was a band that came to my church. And I was so into drums. I mean, drums was like the central part of my life. I wanted to play anywhere I could. And I wanted to hang out with musicians, and it was like the core. So I checked out the drum set from this band that was playing, and I just went up there, and I started playing. I was like, oh, this is cool. You know? and, and then the guy, the lead singer of the band, comes to me and says, have you ever thought about being in a band? I'm 16. I'm like, have I ever not? So I said, yeah. How would you like to go on tour with us over the summer? Just like that. And I thought, where do I need to go? When do I need to leave? How do I get there? Okay, so I thought, wow, my life is really going to be about what I thought it was. I'm going to play in a band, go on tour, and, you know, retire at the age of 75 playing the drums. Uh, so I flew up to Missouri as a 16-year-old to play with this band. And, you know, the doors open. I got there. I remember flying into Missouri in the airport. I had, like, snare drum in one hand suitcase over my back and I'm holding bass drums and I I mean just in this airport by myself like okay who looks like a musician I hadn't met all the bands yet you know I was only 16 I hadn't thought that through but um so got to Missouri playing with the band I remember the first time we played I thought this is it beginning of the rest of my life we started playing and I thought wow we don't really play well together and I'm playing I'm thinking uh oh I'm in Missouri (laughs) So we're playing, and I'm thinking, ouch, you, come on, you, you could do this. And we started playing it. We weren't jelling. So I began to think, I don't think this is going to work out. But this is my dream. But I don't think this is going to work out. But this is my dream. And I started going around and around. So we had a band meeting, and there was this kind of tension because they kind of knew it was weird, and I kind of knew it was weird. And the lead singer of this band had it, had it called a band meeting. I thought, all right, well, it doesn't seem like it's working out, but it's the first band meeting. You know, you've got to get that out of the way. Everything else works out. So he starts the band meeting and he says, you know, Alex, I don't think this is going to work out. And I did like any 16-year-old would that wanted to preserve his manhood. I bawled like a baby. (laughs) So I started bawling and thought, why am I here? And I went into the room and and it was the first time in my life that I, I decided, you know what? I need to pray for the course of my life. Because obviously I decided this was what I was going to do. And God had said, no, you're not. You're not going to be a rock and roll musician featured in rock band. That's not going to be your life. So I prayed for the first time in desperation. God, I'm here. I don't know why I'm here. Show me what you want. 
I'd like to share a verse that I think God really helped me, that shaped my perspective. Romans 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. My perspective was, God, I'll, I'll kind of include you in my plans, but you've got to find out where you fit. When I was 16 years old, God said, I'll include you in my plans, and I'll show you where you fit. Big perspective change. Uh, not all of us maybe have decided you want to be a rock and roll musician, but some of us have goals that we've had since we were young, a certain career certain school we're going to go to, certain relationships we're going to have. But this verse basically said that your perspective shapes the course of your life. From this passage, you can only be on the right course of finding your purpose if you sacrifice your life and you surrender it to God. See, I'd kind of thought, well, yeah, that's true, but it's rock and roll, man. That's what I thought. You see, God got a hold of me and said, Alex, whatever you do, wherever you go, you're going to serve me. So part of our purpose begins as our perspective changes. Do we have goals and vision? Have we laid out the course of our life and we're wanting to include God somewhere in there? Or are we allowing God to determine our path and show us where we fit in? Big perspective difference. So that, that's a big thing that helped me determine what I live for. That's the first thing. Uh, second, all of us, what we need to decide is what priorities we live by. Uh, each of us have different priorities that are important to us. Uh, in that video, there's about 40 or 50 different priorities. Uh, Want to live long and prosperous. Want to be happy. Make others happy. Uh, my favorite is I don't want to kill anyone. You know, that, that is actually a top priority. You know, I mean, that's important. If that's all our number one to kill people, there's no one left. Thank you. Uh, but, you know, you find that although that, that, that makes sense, it really is the priority shape what we give ourselves to. And, and for each of us, that, that's different or it has been different. We have to make a choice. What is going to be our number one priority? See, our perspective shapes what we live for, and then our priorities determine what our life is going to be about. So for purpose, we have to determine, okay, what is my life uh, going to be about? So I decided, you know, the rock and roll thing wasn't going to work. Um, I was sad for a while, but I thought, you know, it's hard to have a family on a tour bus. I just decided maybe this is better. So God, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do, but I'll, I'll follow you. And you just let me know along the way. So I decided to do that. And what happened is, though, along the way, I, I kind of realized that although my perspective had changed and I realized he, he wanted my life and he wanted to determine the way I was going to live it, I don't know if you're like me, but there's a part of it where you just can't make a one-time choice. You have to decide that every day. I didn't realize that. I thought it was kind of like one, one decision and you're good to go. Wouldn't that be so much easier? In life, you just decide you want to do something and you don't really have to work at it. 
kind of be like working out. God, I want to get in shape. How long? Three months? I'd like to do it. And you never get up to actually run or eat right. But you know, that, that's the same how we approach God sometimes. We kind of want meaning and we want purpose, but we don't change. We actually don't make a decision to make him the boss, but we expect our life to be different. See, it starts with an initial decision. I will follow you and allow you to call the shots in my life. You surrender to him one time and then you do it the rest of your life. So I got to college and I had missed this. My priorities really were about me still. They were selfish. The way I, I, I laid this out was I decided one of the ways that I was going to find fulfillment and meaning in my life was through people. People would help me determine my meaning. So if people liked me, I felt liked. The more people I knew, it was prestige. So I started school as a freshman. I was 17 years old. And I kind of decided, you know, God, I know you do have a plan, but I'm not quite ready for that yet. Let me just kind of live for myself. So I started school, man, and I was, I was on fire just to meet as many people as I could many of which were girls. And I just decided I will meet everyone in the school and they shall know me and I shall know them. So I started meeting people and it was just like, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? And it's just like, wow, this is amazing. There's all these people and they know me and I know them. And one Friday night, November of 1998, everyone was hanging out with their friends. People were going on dates. They were watching movies. They were hanging out in dorm rooms. I remember being in my room and being like, I don't have anything to do. And I realized, that's because no one asked me to do anything. And I realized, that's because I really don't know anybody. And it was like the first time in my life that I had made my pursuit about getting to know as many people as I could and allowing people to define me that I was empty. I was empty. It was the loneliest point in my life. So the current, the current theme of bawling happened again. And uh, my wife, after the first service, she's in the first service, you don't do that as much anymore. I was like, thanks, baby. <laughs> Appreciate that. Don't bawl quite as much. Um, I remember being in my dorm room. Everyone's hanging out. And you ever had those times in your life where you're just all alone and everyone you know and everything you've done is just detached from you and it's just you? And you're just kind of empty. And that's what I felt like. I was empty. And I just started crying. And I, I, again, cried out to God. I said, God, I've been pursuing being the most popular, having prestige, and I am empty. It was like I, I'd done it all over again. And I think that was the first time that I realized my priorities were really out of whack. I had the wrong things as number one. A scripture gives a great cause and effect. Uh, for all of us, we have to decide where our priorities are. And it's not that it's stated. It's that they're lived. So you don't make a list of what you live for. You look at your life and see what you live for. Um, here's some scriptures that really helped me in shifting my priorities from me being the center of the universe. Matthew 6:33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness... And all these things will be given to you as well. You see cause and effect? As humans, what we want is all these things to be given to us. And many of us, that's what we commit our life to. Being happy, getting power, getting possessions, getting stuff. 
Scripture turns that upside down. It says, you want this, you seek me. Cause and effect. Seek me and my righteousness. You follow me and what's important to me, found in the Bible, and you'll actually get what you're looking for. You'll get meaning. You'll get fulfillment. You'll find purpose. Key scripture in my life. Uh, Proverbs 3, 6, another one. In everything you do, put God first, and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. I want success. We all do. We don't live our life thinking, gosh, God, if I could just fail. No, we want to be successful. Again, we don't get successful, true success, from running over people, putting us first, and racing to whatever success looks like for us. God says we get success when we, in everything that we do, in our relationships, in our work, in our future, in our present, every realm of our lives, we put him first. Then you get success. Uh, Colossians 3.17, another help for me. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You see, when we surrender to God, our perspective changes And as our perspective changes, our priorities change. It's as if you've seen life a certain way. When you connect to God in a relationship with him, it's now you're seeing in 3D. You ever gone to a 3D movie without the glasses and it's just blurred? You ever written Toy Story 2? Disneyland? Or California Ranch? It's a new ride there. And I've I've written this and it's like, I always think, what does it look like without? I take my glasses and it's just blurred. That's how life is. We... We kind of see what we want, but it's blurred. We don't know how to get it. We commit to life, uh, commit our lives to Christ. It's as if we get the glasses and everything makes sense. And we actually see what God says is the way to go. Life is no longer blurred. It's clear. It doesn't mean we have everything figured out from here until we die. But what we do know is clear. We know the next few steps. That's what happens when you become a Christian. So when we surrender to God, our perspective changes. And then our perspective shapes our priorities. Uh, what you find when you dig into Scripture is the priorities are God's first, others are second, and you're third. And I'm third. But what those passages say is when you're third, others are second, and God's first, it's almost like as if God makes you first. He gives you what you're really looking for. Now, it may not be what you thought it would be, but it's the meaning and the fulfillment of life. You can only find that with a relationship with Jesus Christ. So in my own life, my my perspective changed. I realized my life really has to be surrendered to God as a sacrifice. It's no longer about what I want, but about what he wants. It's not about being rock and roll. It's about following God, whether I'm doing rock and roll or not. Second thing, so I realized my priorities, even though I knew that, were still me kind of first. And God began to help me see that if I make him first in my life, give the glory that's due him as God of the universe, I actually get success and find purpose in life. It's a priority shift. Third, what all of us are looking for deep down, what we've talked about already is we're looking for a purpose to live for. And our purpose 
to live travels through our perspective and our priorities. Our perspective and priorities determine our purpose. Um, I haven't really written a mission statement for my life, but I think about it. You know, it's, it's kind of that time in your life when you're, you'd be dying and you're thinking, is this what I thought it would be? Have I made a difference? Was my life, did it count? This is the kind of stuff we actually really do think about. We don't talk to people about it a lot, but we do think about it. Well, Paul, he was a, a man in the Bible that God changed his perspective and shifted his priorities around. He went from persecuting the church to trying to stop Christianity to actually being the person who spread it. So his world got turned upside down. And there's a great passage in the book of Philippians. As he's writing this letter to this church, he gives us this great picture of this purpose that he has for his life. He's about to die. He's suffered persecution. Uh, People have tried to take his life. Um, He has died numerous times from sicknesses. He's at the end. He's hanging on. He's thinking, I'm at the end, but I want to finish strong. I want you to read and hear what he says. Uh, Philippians 1, 20 through 21. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed. That's ashamed of being a Christian. But will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. This was his like last will and testament. You see, all of us, as we want to find out what we really live for, we have to finish the statement. For me to live is. Paul answered that with Christ. He filled in the blank. But for each of us, we have to choose that. For some, for me to live is power. For me to live is fame. For me to live is people or happiness. Uh, Whatever that is. All of us, if we want purpose, have to decide what is it that fills in that blank. And see, when you dig into Scripture, you find if it's Christ, If it's Christ that is the reason that you live, that's where you find true purpose. So we have to answer that first in our life. Uh, So got some steps. If you if you're really looking to find out what to live for, um, there's a few points I'd like to go through. To live with purpose, you need to finish the sentence like I just said. For me to live is, and you need to decide what that is. This determines what your life is about. I challenge you and encourage you, if, if you've not decided what that is, no matter what you've done, make that decision that that is Christ and see him transform your life. Uh, if you have already decided that that blank is Christ, for me to live is Christ, if you've decided that, I'd like to challenge you to do some things that will help you really live with that purpose in the front of your life. Uh, so fill in the blank. That's the first thing. Second thing, um, if you want to live with purpose, have a, a continual commitment to learning and growing no matter what stage of life you're in. If you've been a Christian a long time, 
if you've been a Christian a very short time or if you're not a Christian, God wants to meet you wherever you are. Um, the way that you live with purpose is you have to be committed to growing and learning. That's how you figure out life. It's, it's, it's like your GPS system. It allows you to continue going even where you, you're, you might not sure where the road is going to lead you. Uh, Ezra 7.10, this is a verse that really helped me just realize the value of uh, learning. Uh, not just learning like philosophy or secular wisdom, but actually learning God about him and his plan. Ezra 7.10, Ezra had devoted himself to the study and observance of the law of the Lord and to teaching its decrees and laws in Israel. If you really want to find purpose for your life, be committed to actually studying what God's plan is. You find that in Scripture. If you want to know what God has for your life, it's laid out in the Bible. For you to really figure that out and to, for that to really make a difference, you have to be committed to doing it. That's the second thing. That's what Ezra did. Not only did he learn it, but he did it. Third thing, to live with purpose and to help other people find their purpose as well, you, you teach that to them. This is the community of, of Christians, and it's also giving this hope to people that may not know him as well. So Ezra, he studied, he did, and he taught to others. Uh, 1 Timothy 4, 11 through 12. This has been another verse that's really helped me, um, especially when I was really young, but even just even now in my life, no matter what age and stage, 1 Timothy 4, 11 through 12 says, Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. Really, that, that list, speech, conduct, love, faith, it's basically every piece of your life needs to reflect God. Really, he's saying every piece of your life needs to reflect the purpose that you live for. Uh, so you've got to not only fill in the blank, decide what you're really going to live for. Uh, if it is Christ, then you need to continually commit to learning and growing as a Christian. Uh, third thing, uh, band together with a group of people who are committed to the same purpose that you are. You know, if you want to get in shape, it's, hel it's helpful to go to the gym with somebody who wants to get in shape as well. If you want to play in a band, it's helpful if you play with musicians. Well, if you want to follow God and find your purpose in life the way he's designed it, you have to band together with a group of people who want to find the same thing. Uh, share the third story in my life. Um, I decided that from my rock and roll endeavor and being a freshman, realizing that again and again it was coming back to the fact that whatever I do, I need to serve him. And wherever I go, I need to live for him. I decided that I sensed that God was calling me into, into full-time ministry. Um, so what happened is when I was in college, I began speaking at different churches um, for pastors that weren't there or for churches that didn't have a pastor. And I began speaking, and I was traveling just around different parts of Southern California. Well, one Sunday, 
um, I went to a church. And as I got to the church, I was getting ready to speak, and the pastor came to me and said, would you like to, not, he didn't say would you like, he said, you're going to lead the worship as well. And I thought, okay. Well, what's interesting is it, was, it wasn't an English-speaking congregation. Um, so the hymnal wasn't in English. Uh, the, the, the people I was speaking to uh, were second generation. They did speak English. But I had this, this music book, and it wasn't, it wasn't English. I thought, oh, no. Are you sure you don't want to be a rock and roll band? That's what I thought. But um, so I, I, I led the music and I spoke the message and I thought, okay, that was, that was rough. Let me get out of here. So then the pastor comes back and says, would you mind uh, leading the business meeting? And I was like, this is very strange. So I go to the business meeting and I'm thinking, you know, I'm here to facilitate. And they began asking me questions about myself and how I see my future. And come to find out the business meeting was about seeing if I was going to be the pastor of their church. I'm not making this up. So I got the three-in-one combo that day. And so I, I just, I left the church and I thought, God, I don't think I'm ready for this anymore. I was about 20 years old, and I realized I really didn't know how to lead people. Not only that, but I was speaking at so many churches that I, I wasn't even connected to Christians. I was just going to these places where no one knew me, and I didn't know them. And I made a decision there after that Sunday, where the trifecta happened, <laughs> that I no longer was going to distance myself from people but instead commit to a group of people that wanted the same things that I did. So I encourage you, if you're isolated as a Christian or in your life period, find people that will help you discover how you belong, how you fit in, that walk with God, and will help you figure out how to walk with God as well. It was at that point I realized, I don't want this. You know, like Cheers, we want to go to a place where people know our name. That's really true. So I decided, and that's really where I was led to CIV. I decided, I don't care what I do. I want to commit to a group of people that want the same thing that I want. So I came to CIV. I had spoken at different churches. And I came to CIV and I set up chairs. And that was the most refreshing thing I've ever done in my whole life. Because you know what? I wasn't needed. There's something I call in ministry called acceleration and isolation. You can be put in leadership really fast, but if you don't know what you're doing and you're immature, you're, you're alone. And it was like this pattern that happened again and again of just being isolated and alone. And I decided, God, you know what? I'm not going to let anyone exalt me except for you. You are in control of my training. So I decided to connect to CIV, and, and since then I've really discovered how to live out my purpose. People have been able to help me with my marriage, uh, what it means to raise a kid, how to choose the right decision in the moment. And that's really what CIV is about, and that's what church is about, whether it's here or somewhere else. 
People coming together that actually can help you make progress. That's really how you find purpose. You decide you're going to live your life for God. You're going to continually learn no matter what stage you're in. And then you're going to band together with people that will help you do that. So I encourage each of you, no matter where you are, think about what you live for. Um, and there here's some next steps I'd like to go through that this week as you think through that. There's a couple other verses that I, you can go through on your own time. 2 Timothy 4, 5 and John 17, 4. Um, those have been a help to me. You can check those out uh, later in the week if you'd like to. So next steps. First thing is I, um, on your connection card or next steps on the back. We do that so if you've ever wondered how do you leave here and apply what you've listened to or heard, uh, you can look at those next steps. They're on your uh, program. And they're also on your connection card. First one is, I'd like to know how to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is where you find your purpose. We can pursue many things, but until we decide that we're going to live for God and lay our life down for his purposes, everything we, we chase after is it's like a chasing after the wind. That's what the Bible says. It's, it's in your grasp, but you never get it. When you follow God, you actually find real hope. And fulfillment. A second is, I will ask God for help as I reevaluate my priorities. Is there anything in your life that, because of the way you're living, no matter what you've said or decided, by the way you're living, are there priorities that are out of whack? Is there stuff you're giving yourself to that doesn't really reflect your purpose? Third, I'll memorize Colossians 3.17. Uh, we went over that earlier. That says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to the God, the Father, through him. Last, I'll work on pleasing God in all areas of my life. Is there something that you're really just living for you in your relationships? Are you just relating to people to make you feel good or to get what you want? Ask God to to show you that this week. Let's pray together. God, you are a life changer. In every sense, no matter where we've come from, what part of the world, you change the direction of our life as we connect to you. Thank you for that, God. You you really do want to change us. And as we change, we really find that life is so much better. Uh, You are the only one that can change us. Not any other person or anything that we give ourselves to except for you. So we recognize that this morning. We sing these songs because you're worthy of our praise. Since you are the only person that can change us, we want to lift you up. So thank you, God, for drawing near to us and for giving us a chance to really live life in a way that brings joy and fulfillment as we do it your way. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.